Hello, and welcome to Help, I'm Going Blind, my visually impaired podcast with me, Ben. Hello. To episode two, Melon Farmers. What's that? No, that's, that's not a cool thing to say, is it? Oh, I've already, I've already made a fool of myself in this episode. I think that's good. That's five seconds. Yeah, welcome to episode two of Help. I'm going blind. My visually impaired podcast. And I want to say a huge thank you for listening and downloading and streaming whatever you're doing. I've been absolutely chuffed to bits with the lovely feedback people have given me from episode one. I honestly had absolutely no idea what to expect. It was a little bit scary to put this out into the world because I've never done anything like this before. It's a little bit, you know, a little bit of a risk, isn't it? Putting your heart on your sleeve like that and letting people see into your soul. So honestly, I was absolutely blown away by all the nice things people said, whether in person or over Facebook or emails. I've not actually got back to everyone yet, which is a sign of how many people said nice things. So, sorry if I haven't done that. I promise I will do. I Honestly, I swear on Luciano Becchio that I will get back to everyone. I wasn't sure whether this could be a complete embarrassing disaster. So, it honestly means the world that people took the time to listen and took the time to send me a message or say something nice or write a nice comment. It really warmed my heart. And I can't thank you enough for that. Thank you very much. So this is episode two. Um, this is a little bit of a strange one, actually, because episode one, I could kind of... had some definite things that I had to say and some definite things that I wanted to say. And uh, this one's a little bit more of a... Well, no, another leap into the unknown. And if this works, then maybe this podcast is something that can keep going. So we'll see. I'm really delighted that so far this podcast hasn't been a complete disaster and hasn't been a complete embarrassment. So thank you very much. What I need to say here is this podcast at the moment is on SoundCloud and on iTunes. It might end up in other places if it keeps going well, but for now that's where it is. And what I listen to a lot of podcasts and people always say, like it, subscribe it, leave a review, leave a comment. That helps apparently. I don't really know why, but apparently it does. And mainly, I'd really, really love it if you could take the time to share the podcast either on Facebook or on Twitter or just, you know, send it to your friends or mention it to someone. Because I kind of, you know, it's gone quite well, so I want it to keep going well. I want this podcast to carry on. It's quite a fun little venture for me. So it would be great if you could just take a couple of seconds to write a little Facebook status saying that one of your friends or, or whoever I am to you has done this podcast and you enjoyed it. And that would help me no end. And that would mean an awful lot. But most of all, just keep listening, please. That'd be great. Uh, keep joining in and sending you responses to the questions that I put out there. That would be absolutely wonderful.
So this episode is going to carry on in the same vein as episode one. It's going to be another rambly episode. Me rambling on, explaining to you what's happening in my life and some of the difficulties and challenges that I'm facing during my uh, my journey of going visually impaired and tackling my new blindness. This is going to be the last one of those for a while, I think. I think I'm going to make these rambly, catch-uppy episodes about once a month. That's my vague plan at the moment. I will keep you updated if that changes. And then the next couple of episodes, if I can get them off the ground and make them happen, are going to be me interviewing people, which I think is going to be a really fun and exciting new twist in this podcast adventure. So listen out for those. They're going to be coming up in the next few weeks if I can get them off the ground. Uh, Keep checking my Facebook and Twitter for updates about what's happening with them or just, you know, send me a text. That's also, that's just as easy, isn't it? And then in a month's time, I'll do another rambly, catchy-uppy, like some of the ridiculous things that are happening in my blind adventure. Once again, I just want to thank you all for taking the time to listen. These episodes are about 45 minutes, and that's quite a big chunk of time, isn't it, really? It's not like it's a little two-minute video or a little Facebook status or tweet. It takes a bit of effort to sit down and listen to these, so I can't thank you enough. It honestly means the world that people have taken the time to listen and send me nice messages you've warmed this cold-hearted bitter old northern well young northern boy's heart thank you so much I had a first recently. It was last weekend, something that I'd kind of half expected to happen to me sooner since losing my sight, but finally happened. I was in Poundland, because I'm a classy guy who shops in high-class establishments. And uh, the woman serving me behind the counter, she did something. I've been waiting for this to happen, and it finally did, and it nearly made me... Well, I didn't know whether to laugh or get angry and shout, or cry. I kind of wanted to do all three of those things at once. She was serving me, and she saw my white stick, and she started speaking really slowly, like this, to make sure that I could understand her. Because apparently, if you're blind and you need a white stick, you're also deaf and, and or, or can't understand English? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just It's another one of those examples that I mentioned about the... Uh, the guy with the, the, the wanting the time and that I mentioned in the last episode. People don't know how to cope when they see a disability or they see a white stick or any or someone in a wheelchair, whatever disability they see. People don't know how to cope. And it equally breaks my heart, makes me angry and makes me laugh because it's just ridiculous but also infuriating. And that is one of the things that people picked up on most from episode one that I wanted to talk about again here people seem to connect to the idea of people not knowing what to do or how to talk to people who are blind and again I, I clarified this in episode one but it's really important I'm not an authority on this I'm here to talk about my experience and what's happening to me and not saying this is how it is and this is what all blind people think this is me and my experience I think that's very important to clarify so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep clarifying that yes but people a few the correspondence that I've had to episode one 
picked up on the idea of, well, how, how should we talk to blind people then? How should we deal with people who are, who, you know, who, who might need our help? And it's coming from a really nice place, I think. People actively wanting to help and wanting to be nice and how they can get involved and how they can make things easier for, for me and or whoever they're, they're coming across. And that's definitely something I've noticed, is that people seem a lot friendlier and a lot nicer, which is, well, it's a difficult one, actually, I, because I can't get annoyed at people trying to be nice. That's not, it's not allowed, is it? But it does annoy me a little bit. Because I've transitioned from being someone, you know, I was a, I'm a man who's, I'm six foot one, I'm quite a big guy. It used to be, before I had my white stick, and I was, it was before it became obvious that I was someone with a disability, before it became obvious that I was visually impaired. Well, I'm six foot one, I'm far too many stone, you know, I'm a big guy, I'm quite, I've got something that I like to call um, resting thug face. It's like resting bitch face, but I look a bit angry sometimes when I've got a relaxed face. So I used to be someone that, you know, people would cross over the road to avoid. I certainly would never have strangers approaching me in the street. People, I'm not the sort of person that people would have asked for the time, you know, or asked for directions. I've gone from that to having my white stick, and people treat me completely differently. Pretty much everyone, the vast majority of people now, smile at you, say hello, and are very friendly and are wanting to help. Which is really good and really nice on one level. But it just makes me sad that people didn't feel able to do that before. And actually, when people try and help, more often than not, they're making things worse. I was in London a couple of weeks ago. And I was on the tube. And a guy, this shocked me, this is the second time it's happened to me, but this was a particularly shocking time. Without saying anything, he, I was getting off the tube and he grabbed me to help me down the steps. And that is not okay. It, no matter whether someone has a disability or not, it is not okay to grab a stranger and manhandle them and touch them. That isn't acceptable. Full stop. Whether you decide that they need your help or not, it is not alright. And particularly for someone who can't see, you know, to have hands grab you out of nowhere when you can't see where they've come from, that, that isn't okay. And I was offended as well, it's that, it is that assumption of incompetence. This guy had seen me get on the tube fine, and I didn't ask anyone for help. I looked like I was perfectly okay, I think. I, I didn't look like I was struggling. I was just trying to get off the tube. And he decided that I wasn't able to do that on my own, and he needed to step in and grab me. And, I mean, another more humorous version of this story was, uh, again, it was on that same trip to London. I was just walking down the road, walking down Old Street in London. Completely fine. I had my white stick. I was getting along absolutely fine. Getting along at a good pace. And someone stops me and asks me, Hiya, do you know where you're going? I was like, yes, thanks very much, I do. Do you? It's infuriating. It's that assumption of incompetence. It really winds me up. And I know people are trying to help and trying to be nice. But it leads me on to my, my, my main point here, I suppose. Quite a few people have asked me, right, if you, how do we treat you? If you're not happy about people talking to you in that patronising tone. How should we help? How should we get involved? How should we treat you? Treat me how you would treat anybody else. Just because someone is blind, you know, or not blind, you shouldn't 
alter how you treat them as a human being. You know, it's lovely that people try now stop and smile and say hello to me. But why are you only stopping and smiling and saying hello to the people who's blind? Stop and smile and say hello to everybody else as well. You know, just because I'm blind doesn't make me any less threatening than the next man on the street. It doesn't make me any less or more approachable. It's great that you're going to smile and say hello. I just wish you were that polite and friendly to everybody. <laughs> then it wouldn't be patronising. And on the trying to help thing, I'll be honest with you, 95% of the time so far in my experience, people who are trying to help, you know, without me asking them to, just make things worse. I was in Leeds yesterday and I was trying to cross a busy road and this guy came up to me and decided that he, I needed his help. I didn't ask him to and it made everything so much more difficult. For me, I can only see one thing at once. So I want to be concentrating on whether or not there's a car coming so I can safely cross the road. Not, oh, there's this guy here, what's he doing? Oh, am I following him? What, what's happening? Oh, it just made things more difficult. So... I'd say offer help if someone's looking like they're struggling, saying, hi, do you need a hand? Whenever anyone asks me if I need help, I always respond politely. More often than not, I say no, I'm fine, thanks, but very kind of you to offer. And then sometimes I take them up on that help and advice. Again, like I mentioned in the last episode, maybe I'm a little bit awkward sometimes and a little bit too proud for my own good and refuse help when I need it. I think I still appreciate the kindness of people offering to help. But I'm going to repeat my earlier point. Don't just offer to help people who are blind or have a disability. If someone's looking lost and confused, offer to help. Again, on that trip to London, before I had my white stick, if I was stood there looking lost and confused and trying to work my way out which line I needed to get on, no one offered to help. All of a sudden, now that I've got a white stick, everyone's diving in trying to you know, boost their ego by, you know, making them feel good about themselves by helping a disabled person. Offer to help everybody. Be nice to everybody. It's not difficult, is it? I suppose the biggest thing that's been happening to me over the last couple of weeks is something I posted a Facebook status about and uh, got quite a few likes and comments so you might well have seen it. That's me showing off about uh, how many... Fa- I don't get that. I shouldn't show off about that. My, uh, my social media profile is not something to brag about. Anyway, my point is I've been doing an acting job. I've been filming a, filming a little low-budget film that's been great fun. And it came out of the blue, completely came out of the blue. Because, to be completely honest, when I registered myself as blind, I didn't register myself, when I became registered as severely visually impaired, I kind of gave up on acting. It's been my dream for as long as I can remember. I've been seriously pursuing that career for, you know, for a few years now. And having a great time, doing some really fun jobs and loving it but I touched on it in the last episode but 
My confidence took a huge bash when my eyesight deteriorated to the point that it's at now, when I became blind. And I stopped applying for acting jobs. I'd given up, essentially. I'd kind of accepted, I'd come to terms with the idea that mainstream acting jobs like I've been doing before, sort of the low-budget films I was doing and the fringe theatre I was doing, I kind of accepted that that stuff wasn't going to be possible for me anymore. Because I was going to need to make some exceptions and find some ways around some very difficult problems that arise from my eyesight. And so I thought I was going to have to rely on creating my own work or getting involved in disability-specific theatre in order to fulfil my acting what's the right word, fulfil my acting need, my, you know, this burning thing inside me that I can't really explain that means I really want to act. That's a really stupid way of just saying acting ambitions, that was the word I was looking for. So I accepted that, I'd given up. And then out of the blue I got this phone call saying, you know that thing you auditioned for ages ago, and I couldn't remember it. I'd forgotten that I'd auditioned for it. Well, someone's pulled out, so we need you, we're off from the other part. And I accepted it. I, did, I just kind of automatically, you know, it's after years of trying to get acting parts, your automatic response is to accept one when it's offered to you. And then it kind of hit me, I don't know how I'm going to be able to cope with this. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. All these worries and problems that had bubbled to the surface of my thoughts the things that had made me accept that I was going to have to give up on acting made me realise that it wasn't as simple as accepting an acting job. This was a big deal. And the night before I started filming, I, I didn't sleep a wink. I was so worried. I was so upset. I thought this was going to be the confirmation. I thought it was going to be a complete disaster. And this was going to be the confirmation that I was no longer going to be able to act in these sort of things. And my heart was breaking. I decided before it even started that it was going to be a disaster. I was terrified about what the next day was going to hold. And then it went pretty well. <laughs> it, it was fine. We had a really good laugh. The crew were really lovely. Uh, the cast are you know, really nice. We're all having a really good laugh. And I'm enjoying playing the part. We're going to f finish the last couple of days shooting this week. And it's been, a, it's been a massive boost, really. I can still do it. I'm not a complete write-off. <laughs> yes. It's been wonderful. It's been such a boost to my happiness. I'm sure some of you have picked up from my general mood over the last couple of months and maybe from the last episode that, you know, the happiness thing hasn't come that easily in recent weeks and recent months but this has been a uh, a lifeline from that point of view and although I'm still I know I've still got some issues to wind out I'm not I'm not giving up on acting now I'm going to find a way to do more acting work I'm going to find a way to keep that part of my life alive because it's a huge part of who I am and it's a huge part of what I want to do with my life so you know I ain't giving up that easily a little thing like losing my eyesight isn't going to stop me being, you know, the first blind Bond, is that a thing? 
Oh, I really wish I'd come up with a really good blind Bond pun there. Give me 30 seconds. Sean Cornery? Maybe? <laughs> oh, that was terrible, wasn't it? Oh, I'm sorry. So welcome to our first ever regular feature on the podcast. This is a fun development, isn't it? Isn't this exciting? I might even make a jingle for this bit. I mean, I won't, but I'm going to think about it. <laughs> so basically last week, people seemed to find it quite insightful slash funny when I talked about uh, getting lost, which obviously happens to me quite a lot. I talked about getting lost in my kitchen last week, which is scary and embarrassing and terrifying in equal measures. So I thought I'd make it a regular feature. I'd make a note every time I get lost, and I could just read out a quickfire list of all the places that I've got lost over the last couple of weeks. So I'm calling this lit this feature "Places Ben has been lost since we last spoke to him." That's where, if I if I could be bothered, that's where I'd make a jingle. There you go. So here is the list. Here we go. <coughs> I've written them down and everything. So, the driveway of my house, my bathroom, Ellen Road Football Stadium, Leeds Train Station, London King's Cross Train Station, Huddersfield Town Centre, a public toilet, the gap between the rowing machines and the cross trainers at the gym, the chocolate aisle of Tesco's, and River Island. There we go. That's the list. It's like a really shit version of the Generation game. <laughs> yeah, that might, that might be the first and last time we ever do that feature. It wasn't quite as entertaining as I thought it was going to be. But there we are. I see trees of green Red roses too I see them blue for me and you, and I think to myself, what a wonderful Last weekend was a really fun weekend for me. The undoubted highlight of the time since I last recorded a podcast, such a fun and lovely thing. It was the surprise birthday party for one of my best friends on the planet, Miss Tash Jarvis. Hello, Tash. Hi. How's the Lake District? You having fun? I'll probably just text you about this instead of speaking to you via a podcast. That's easier. Um, Tash is wonderful, for those of you who don't know Miss Tash Jarvis. One of my best friends on the planet, me and her boyfriend, Ian. Mainly Ian. Ian did most of the work, but, you know, I, I pushed him and made him do the work. I was managing the situation. We organised a surprise birthday party for Tash, which was just amazing. She was wonderfully surprised. We had an absolutely lovely and wonderful couple of days. And uh, she deserves it because she's great. I should probably actually use this opportunity to give a big shout out to Tash. Because out of all of my friends, and I'm going to embarrass her now because I know she'll listen to this because she's great. Out of all of my friends, because I've got so many friends, she is undoubtedly the one who's been the most wonderful over the last couple of months. 
there have been times during this whole process of going blind and losing my eyesight and all that being scary and terrifying where I felt so lonely and isolated and upset and terrified and I feel like I've cut myself off so I've been cut off from a lot of my social life and a lot of my friends you know I don't spend I don't really have much of a social life at the moment it's quite upsetting it's really getting down to me I'd really like it if, you know people give me a ring and chat to me every now and again is this the right the right place to say that anyway my point I'm trying to make is the person apart from you know my family who've all been incredible the friend who's been more supportive and lovely and wonderful than anyone else is Miss Tash Jarvis she's incredible She's a great friend. Both her and Ian, the wonderful Ingrid, the pair of you are incredible and have been so supportive and wonderful to me. And I can never thank you enough. So this is now that going on record, how wonderful you are. There, see, comprende? Good. So we threw a surprise party for Tash and had an incredible weekend. And that's been the highlight of my time in Salah Spectre, so I've got to mention it. If this podcast is supposed to be an update of what's happening in my life, that has been... One of the best things in recent weeks. That was great. But in this kind of weird headspace I'm in at the moment with dealing with this going blind thing, even something as wonderful and lovely as a weekend with my friends like that brings with it some difficult hurdles. The thing that's getting me down the most at the moment, I think, about all my eyesight is the fact that my life seems to have stalled a little bit. As I mentioned before, the career has kind of taken a back seat. I'm looking at other alternatives to pay my way in the world rather than acting. And I've had to move back in with my family, which is, however nice they've been, it's incredibly depressing. <laughs> it's not what I want to be doing with my life. And I suppose it just feels, I'm a little bit I'm a little bit embarrassed, I suppose, that my life has gone on hold and I'm not really going there at the moment. I'm not really achieving anything at the moment and it's really, really getting me down. And that is especially difficult when you go and spend a weekend with your friends who are all doing brilliantly. They're all, in various ways, doing wonderfully in their careers, doing exciting things in their lives. A lot of them are in really wonderful, happy, long-term relationships that I'm also not. And... It's hard not to feel a little bit embarrassed about it all and a little bit ashamed that I'm not achieving anything. That my life just feels a little bit like I'm taking three steps backward for every step forward. And I came away from that wonderful weekend feeling a little bit like that. For no fault of my friends at all. I, like I said, it was such a wonderful time with such a wonderful group of friends. They couldn't have been more wonderful and they couldn't have been better company. But I suppose that cloud was ho was hovering over my shoulder a little bit over that weekend. I didn't mean for this section to get depressing. Why does this always happen? This bit was supposed to be a little humorous anecdote about how I struggled playing articulate a little bit because I couldn't read the cards very well. How did this happen? Bloody hell, Ben. Cheer up, dickhead. I'm blinded by your grace 
I'm blinded by your grace, by your grace. I'm blinded by your grace. I'm blinded by your One of the reasons I enjoy doing this podcast so much is that whenever I get down, whenever I go through difficult things, I'm the sort of person who cheers himself up and I find it really helpful for me to make things and to do things and to be creative. That is the the whole point of this podcast, I suppose, really. It's for no other reason than to give me something creative to do to cheer myself up. In the past, when I've been going through difficult stuff, I've made little videos or I've recorded myself doing poems or I've written poetry or I've written scripts. I often share those sort of things on Facebook and it feels very self-indulgent, so I'm really sorry for that. If those things annoy you or if this podcast annoys you, I'm sorry, but it really helps me. Stops me from getting monstrously depressed, so you can put up with an annoyingly self-indulgent Facebook post every now and again. Sorry. See, that's my sort of thing. I, I suppose, as a creative person, that is my outlet. That's why I love acting so much. That's why I love making theatre so much, is that it's an outlet for everything else in my life that I can safely channel into one thing. It's also the reason why I love football so much. You know, it annoys me so, so much when people tell me that football doesn't matter. It's only a, it's only a game. Grr, shut up. That's the point. The point is that it doesn't matter. The point is that for 90 minutes on a Saturday, like I did yesterday, actually yesterday was a Monday, Bank Holiday Monday, for 90 minutes I can go and stand in a football stadium and sing and swear and shout and you know, lash out, not physically, verbally and emotionally, um, lash out as if it's the most important thing in the world about something that doesn't matter at all. And that's why football matters so much, is because it doesn't matter. That was a tangent I shouldn't really have gone down. I think that's something that I've discovered about myself through this podcast and through the little poems that I've made on Facebook and things like that. Being creative is such a good and healthy and positive way to deal with being filled up with negative energy, which is definitely the case for me at the moment. I honestly, this is a dramatic thing to say, but I wouldn't be here now if I didn't find those creative outlets. So I think that's, that's my bit of wise advice for the day. So give it a go next time you're feeling depressed or down or angry or upset. Try making something. Try writing something. It helps. And I also absolutely want to say, please, if you do do that, share it with me or someone else or whatever. I would love it. I am always there. If you've made something and you're feeling a little bit nervous about showing anyone or if you've got an idea and you want to talk it through with someone, whoever you are, even if I don't know you that well, Please contact me. I love that sort of thing. And I'm here to help. And I'm here to bounce ideas off. Or be a sounding board or whatever. Or I, I, I'm, I love that stuff. And I would be honoured if anyone at any point has made anything or done anything creative. If they want to share it with me. A confidential, a confid, confidentially. It's a difficult word to say, isn't it? Isn't it? Confidentially incomplete private I, I i would i would love that please do
So as you can hear, probably my idea for music in this podcast has continued. I want to thank everybody who's made some suggestions. I've had some brilliant suggestions from people for music that features uh, lyrics about blindness or seeing or eyes. I can't believe some of the obvious ones I forgot. I am really embarrassed by some of the really obvious ones I forgot about. So especially big shout to those people who told me ones that I really, really should have remembered. So please keep those coming. As you can hear, I'm going through quite a lot of them. So I need as many as possible. Please, 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 if you're listening to this, think of one song that features the word blind or the word blindness or the word eyes or the word sight and drop me a message straight away. Let me know what that is. I need as many as possible. I'm running out very quickly and they're becoming very tenuous. So yeah, please keep them coming in. Also, blind hacks. I've not had any of those yet. So, you know, I'm waiting. If anyone's got any useful suggestions, I'm particularly talking to those people listening who are visually impaired or blind or have a family member or a friend who is visually impaired or blind. Any tips you can share with me or share with the world. The world, as if the world is listening to this. Share to the hundred people who are listening to this. Let me know. Drop me an email on benwillsactor at outlook.com or at benwillsactor on Twitter or, I mean, I'm well aware that the people listening to this are my Facebook friends. So <laughs> drop me a Facebook message, drop me an email, drop me a tweet, drop me a text, a WhatsApp. Also, any feedback at all to anything I've talked about in this episode or in episode one, please, please tell me about it. Um... Even if you think it's completely innocuous or completely an obvious thing to say, I'd, I'd love to hear from you. Even if you just drop me a message to tell me that you've listened, it would really give me the confidence to keep going with these. If Because, it, I mean, if people stop commenting or liking or people stop sending me messages or emails, then that's probably the sign for me to stop doing it because people have stopped listening. So if you are listening, even if you're going to say, I listened, even if you're going to tell me that you hated it, that's fine. That's That's also fine. I'd just love to hear from the people who are listening, get some feedback. That would be wonderful. And so with that, I think it's time to say goodbye for another episode. I mean, yet again, if you've listened all the way to the end, you're a soldier, because this was a particularly rambly and nonsensical episode, so well done. You're a trooper, have a gold star. As I said at the start, coming up over the next few weeks, I'm going to get some interviews done and share them. They're going to be really self-indulgent. I'm going to apologise now. They could be a disaster. This could be where this enterprise comes crashing down around my ears. Ears? That's not the phrase, is it? Crashing down around my ears? Oh, well, I'm going with it. I'm going with it. So I'm warning now, they're going to be self-indulgent. They're going to be embarrassing. They're going to be cringeworthy. And I can't wait for you to hear them. Thank you so much for listening. Keep following, subscribing, liking, commenting, saying hello. Keep smiling. Keep on keeping on. Love you. And to end, I anyone who knows me knows that I'm a big fan of a little band from the northwest of England called Oasis. They're my favourite band in the world. And I was trying to think of songs about blindness and not being able to see. And I forgot this one. I, ju- I forgot it. How on earth did I forget this? And so... It might be my least favourite song by my favourite band, but here it is. God, I'm an idiot.